You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And tonight we're going to be not the fifth week, but this is the fifth different uh, topic uh, that we have preached on and taught on. So uh, tonight we're going to be looking at this area called priorities. Does anybody besides me ever struggle with priorities? It's one of those areas where we are always readjusting. It's one of those areas where there has to be a continual reset. Because life does not come to us with an even keel. When an emergency shows up, all of a sudden, everything else is dropped to deal with an emergency. And then after that emergency, now you've got to start over again and try to put things back into place. You have a major event that takes place in your family or in your own personal life. And then uh, you are working that, in that area. You are doing everything that you can to manage and navigate. And then after uh, you get it into somewhat type of an order, you realize, oh yeah, I've forgot about this over here and this over here uh, needs to be adjusted. And, and so there's this reshuffling of things that we have to do in our life. And it's something that we do over and over again. And so, uh, so that's just one of those spots that uh, all of us have to continually be mindful of is that we have to guard our priorities. So James chapter 4 And let's look at the text again tonight. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil." Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now, that last verse I don't like. There are some verses in the Bible that, you know, I like. I enjoy those verses. I enjoy uh, when the Bible talks about uh, that, uh, that uh, wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I love that verse. I love Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, and being given our life as a sacrifice to the Savior. John three sixteen. 16. Uh, I love that verse. There are verses all through Scripture that, that I identify with, that I enjoy, that I just, I gain strength from, I gain direction from. But James 4, 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You know, there, there are a, a lot of good things. And you know what that means? If we're not doing the things that are good, then... To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now, we don't have the opportunity to do every good thing. 
All right, we have, we have a 24-hour schedule. We have 168 hours in a week. Everybody has the same amount of time. But there is no way that we can do everything, nor is there the, the uh, opportunities for us to do everything. But there is good that we know in our lives that the Lord wants us to do. And sometimes we don't do it. I don't know how many times recently I have found myself without a gospel track. Mrs. Cole shaking her head, oh, pastor, shame, shame, shame. And, and I will, even when I'm working just in blue jeans, I'll grab tracks and I'll have them in my back pocket and I'll still pass them out. And sometimes they're crinkled a little bit and I don't like giving out a crinkled track. But when the Lord says, uh, give something to somebody, you want to make sure that you're doing it. But uh, there have been several occasions just within the last few weeks where I reached in my pocket and I didn't have a track. I don't have a track on me right now. That is, that is just, it's not normal for me. But what I'm, what I'm saying is there are times when you, do, you know to do good and you don't do it. The Lord says that's sin. And why is it that that's the case? Why is it that something that I know is a priority has fallen down and priorities. Now, I didn't think about this when I was preparing the message at all, so I'm just preaching to myself right now. Uh, but, uh, but here, uh, it's a prior, it is a priority. To be a witness is a priority. To be the light is a priority. And so, uh, so all of us, though, there are things that we know that the Lord wants us to do, but we sort of fall short. Why? Something else has grabbed our attention. Something else has become a priority in life. And so, uh, several things tonight. I'm not going to teach you anything new, but I want you to see several things. Number one, life is short. Life is short. The older I get, the shorter life is. I, I remember when my parents got married... And I, my dad, I think they were uh, 27 and 28 when they got married. And I thought they were old. Brother David just turned 31 today. And so, uh, wish him a happy birthday. But uh, so, uh, you know, I remember uh, thinking, man, they're old. And then Pops turned 30. And when he hit 30, he thought life was over. He went into a depression at 30, it was like all of a sudden life was over, and it was it was very uh, it was a big deal for him. Uh, after he got saved, and none of the birthdays seemed to bother him. I personally, as of yet, have not had one of those birthdays. I'm not going to say I'm not going to have it, uh, but there hasn't been one that has been depressing for me. But I do look at life, and I'm recognizing life is short. Life is short. You stop and you start thinking about what does that next stage of life look like? That next phase of life. Life is short. And those of you that are young, it just seems like you've got your whole life ahead of you, but you're going to blink and all of a sudden you're going to turn around and you're going to be looking back not over years or, um, you know, four or five years, you're going to look over decades. 
And if you're like Mrs. Patterson, decade after decade after decade, you'll be looking back over. Uh, So life is short, James 4.14, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And life is short. And with that, since life is short, we've got to make sure we've got our priorities straight. We're not promised tomorrow. Uh, life is short. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34 down to verse 36. Mark chapter 8, uh, 34 to 36. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, if you stop and think about this, this is a, a direction for people who are going to follow the Savior. And you know what he's doing? He is giving them some steps. He is laying out some priorities that they are going to have to have in their life if they are going to follow uh, the Lord Jesus. Verse 35, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And, And so here we just have to realize, number one, life is short. Number two, live for what matters. Live for what matters. You and I are spending all the time. I've got a little bit of cash in my pocket. And, you know, with our time, if we were to take our minutes or our hours and we were to start throwing down, what am I going to throw this on? What am I going to use these hours on, these moments on? If it was tied to green, we would be very careful with it. But our life is more important than green. This is going to pass away. One day this will be over. And this won't matter. When we die, it won't matter one bit. But what will matter is what I live for. What I gave myself for. Live for what matters. We can live uh, in, in our life. If we are going to live for what matters, then we've got to make some decision. What is it that matters? Because the reality is you and I live for what matters to us. We do live for what matters to us. And for many, it's the temporal. It's the here and now. It is those things they are living for, for people, are, they're living for things. They're living for things that are going it's, to, it's going to burn up when this world is destroyed. It is not going to go into eternity. They are going to, they live for the temporal. They live for the here. They live for the now. Uh, and, and we need to live for what matters. Uh, the temporal uh, is what many people live for, the temporal. What really matters is the eternal. 
You know, the reality is we are living for one of, of the two. There really isn't much of an in-between. When I was younger, we, uh, my parents moved out of the city and got us out into the country. Uh, we, my brother and I had already been in uh, a lot of trouble in the city. Uh, I had already been kicked out of every Fred Meyer within about, uh, there was two Fred Meyers that were uh, within uh, about five mile uh, radius of where we lived and uh, I'd been kicked out of both of those and I was in second grade. Uh, and so uh, just, uh, I was a punk kid. And so third grade, they moved out to the country and I remember the house that my parents bought. My mom still lives there. Uh, they, uh, uh, there is a, is a fence on the, uh, the north side there. And there's a, parents had uh, three acres. And then uh, the neighbor had ten acres. And there was a white fence board fence that was between the two properties and us kids would jump up on top of those fences and uh, every eight foot there was a four by four post that would come up and we would walk those uh, those board planks there uh, to see if we could get to the other side. But the problem was there was a green slimy ditch that ran underneath that, uh, that uh, fence. And we would get up on that board fence and we would see how many lengths that we could walk without falling off. And I hate to tell you how many times I, I wiped out. You get partway out in the middle and that board starts to do this number. It just bows uh, crazy and it'd kick off one side and down we'd go. and We'd come up and we'd have this green slime uh, all over us. Uh, you know, uh, when you walk on the edge, you always get dirty. It just, there's, there's just no win. There's no win. And, you know, in life, we have to live for what matters. We can live for the temporal or we can live for the eternal. Take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 19, and we'll read down through verse 21. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. The Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be be also. We need to live for the eternal. Uh, Not only do we need to live for the eternal, we need to recognize, go back into James, uh, uh, no, go to Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, just stay right there, I guess, Uh, verse 22. Uh, We need to live for what matters, the eternal, uh, not the temporal. Uh, Matthew 6, 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is the darkness. So here we have the temporal, we have the eternal, then we have light and darkness. 
And these are just parallels that the Lord is getting, uh, putting before us so we can see the drastic difference for living for what matters versus living for what does not matter. And the light and the darkness. And he's saying if, you are, if your eye is single, uh, he said uh, your, the whole body shall be full of light. And, uh, and that is just referencing uh, the right direction. Uh, we see not only uh, the temporal and the eternal, the light and the darkness. Look down in verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, again, the Lord is putting these two parallels, these two opposing things out for us to see that you can't, you can't walk down the middle. You can't hold on to both. Uh, he said, uh, you can only have one master. It's going to be God or it's going to be money. It's going to be mammon. And, and the Lord said you can't serve both. Now, he didn't say that you could, can't serve God and have money. You can serve God and have money, but you can't serve, God, uh, serve money and have God. You can't, you can't have money as your master, uh, so no man can serve two masters. Uh, so uh, with that being the case, for us to make sure that we are going the right direction, then we've got to have the right priorities. So tonight I'm going to give you five priorities that I think will just help us reset. We can look at our own life and just sort of see where we're at. Is there something we need to tweak and adjust? And so what are the priorities? What should be the priorities that all of us have? This is not a priority that the pastor should have uh, and the staff should have. This is a priority that every believer has. Should have these are these are just biblical priorities. Uh, number one, the Lord should be the very first priority in your life. The Lord said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." Uh, the Lord needs to be first. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter number twelve. Matthew chapter twelve, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter twelve. Mark chapter twelve. And look with me at verse 29. Mark chapter 12, verse 29. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And so here, the Lord, uh, uh, loving the Lord, uh, loving the Lord first. He is the priority. He has to be first and foremost in every one of our lives. Nobody deserves that place. Husband, wife, child, Nobody deserves first place in your life over the Lord. The Lord is first. And when we keep the Lord first, just, just as I uh, would have marital counseling or premarital counseling, uh, in the Garden of Eden, what we found was that there was not just Adam and Eve. There were three individuals for that relationship to be what it was supposed to be. 
And Adam and Eve, their goal was not to get close to each other this way. The goal was for both of them to get closer to the Lord. And as they get closer to the Lord, what do they find? They find that they got closer to, together. You see, when, when we put the Lord first and we are developing that relationship with the Lord, then I am becoming the person that God intended for me to be. And with that then, He, he will address all of the relationships that I have, all of the, uh, the uh, responsibilities that I have, and He will make me into the person that I am supposed to be. But it's not about me trying to figure out how to get close to Deb. I am supposed to get close to the Lord, and Deb is supposed to get close to the Lord. And as both of us are doing so, we are getting closer to each other. Uh, But the Lord has to be number one in each of our lives. So the priority has to be number one, the Lord. Secondly, family. Secondly, family. Now, in Ephesians chapter 5, we find how the Lord emphasizes the relationship, the husband-wife relationship. Ephesians 5 and verse 23 to 32. We're going to read quite a few verses here, so I want you to follow along with me. Ephesians chapter 5. Couples, these are some good verses for you to stay in. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. The Bible says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak uh, concerning Christ and the church. Now, when we look at the the marriage relationship or the home uh, tonight, what we find is this is the first institution that the Lord started. The first human institution uh, was the home. Uh, Genesis 2.24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they uh, shall be one flesh. So a priority, family has to be a priority. Family is a priority. And with that, the Lord needs to be first. Our family, the very first institution that the Lord established is the family. And that needs to be a priority. We can't neglect 
one for the other. And you don't have to sacrifice your relationship with the Lord uh, to be able to be successful in your business. You don't have to to sacrifice uh, your family uh, to be engaged in serving the Lord in the church. Uh, these These are not one or the other. These are all priorities that all have a place and they all need to be a priority in our life. Now, just stop and think about how much, how much time is robbed from us by things that don't matter. How much time do you spend on Facebook and Instagram and reading everybody else's stories? And we read so many other people's stories that we miss making our own. And then we don't have time for our family because we've been reading about everybody else's family. We stop and think about how much, how much time is spent listening to the news. Now, I listen to the news. And sometimes I... I want to throw my phone, and sometimes I just turn it off, and they're uh, about, uh, I went about two weeks from not, for not, I wasn't listening to anything. I just got so disgusted with everything that I was uh, listening to and hearing, and it was messing with my spirit, so I just turned it all off, and then I turned it all back on just in time for Afghanistan, and it's helped my spirit tremendously. And so, uh, but we stop and think about how many other things, though, could I have been doing other than filling time with something that doesn't matter? You see, we've got to look at our priorities. And there's nothing, there is nothing sinful about being aware of what's going on in the world. I feel as a leader, I need to be aware of what's going on and the things that our people are dealing with. And so, uh, so I do engage in a lot of these things. Uh, but the reality is, it can't be a substitute and it can't take the place of the priorities in my life. And so, so what do we have here? Uh, we have priorities. First of all, uh, the Lord has to be a number one priority. Number two, our family has to be a priority. Number three, the church the church. Now you're here tonight in church, but church is a priority for the New Testament believer. This is the institution that the Lord started. Uh, The third institution, we have the family, the home, we have the government, uh, God-ordained institution, and then we have the church. And in the New Testament, the church is that institution that the life of the believer revolves around as we learn, as we grow, as we serve. Uh, He works in and through uh, the local New Testament church, and it is God's uh, plan for all of us to be a part of and engaged in uh, the work of the Lord. But the, the relationship of the home is so important because it is the foundation for the next relationship of the church. 
And, and if our relationship or our priority with God is, is, is right, uh, and then our relationship and priorities of the home are proper, then as we step into the church, the church uh, is, is, is only as strong as its people. The, the church is only as strong as the homes of the members in the church. And so it is not a one or the other. They are all building one upon another. Uh, so the relationship of the home is to reflect the relationship and the love that Christ has for the church. Uh, why? Uh, because this world needs to see the importance of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to see the importance that Christ has placed on the church, and the marriage relationship is to mirror that. It is to be the direct reflection of the very relationship that Christ, as the groom, has with the bride, the church. And so the husband-wife relationship, that love, that care, is then supposed to be reflecting that other relationship of Christ in the church. So Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 30, For we are members of the body uh, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother shall be joined unto his wife, and they uh, too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak uh, concerning Christ and the church. And so he is just going back and he's just showing the importance of that relationship, the importance of the home relationship and the importance of the, the church relationship. They are not competing. They are to be complementary. As we um, are helping and as we started a Christian school uh, this will be our sixth year. From our very first student to uh, the, the uh, parent enrollments, uh, this even up till uh, just enrolled a new student last night. Uh, but every one of those relationships, every one of those, uh, those enrollment meetings, uh, what do they do? We, we tell them our job is not to replace you as a parent. We are coming in. We believe that this is a partnership. Why? Because we're not, nobody is there to replace the relationship uh, of the, the parents in the lives of those children. Uh, but we are to come alongside and help them fulfill the, the role that they have in helping educate and prepare their child for life. And so as a church and as a Christian school, we're partnering together. The church and the home, they need to be working together. Where it's not one or the other. It's not uh, in competition. Ephesians 5.27, he said that he might present it, talking about the church, uh, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Uh, so we see, uh, first of all, the priority needs to be the Lord. Secondly, our family. Thirdly, the church. Fourthly, work or a career. Fourth, you have to provide, but it's not number one. Providing not only is not number one, it's not even number two. Not only is it not number one or number two, it's not even number three. Why is it not 
number one, or number two, or number three. Go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Now, when we look at man back in the garden before the fall, we find that God made work as a part of the purpose of man. Look at it. It says in verse 15, Genesis 2:15, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, work was not the curse of the of the the sin. It wasn't part of the curse. Work was not part of the curse. The the earth was not going to bring forth as abundantly. That was the curse. It was the sweat of the brow. It was, it was going to take a lot more work to get the earth to produce. And so, but work itself is not a curse. Work is not a bad four-letter word. Work is good. And before even the curse, God put man in the garden to dress it and keep it. So he, part of man's, uh, uh, part of the purpose of man was for him to work. But it was not first and foremost. There was a relationship uh, that was there. And so uh, what do we find? Uh, you see, it's not a priority of one, two, or three. Uh, why? Because Money is not a priority. Matthew chapter 6. Let's go there quickly. I've got about two minutes. I want to hasten through here. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 30 to 34. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore... Read that with me. What's the lesson, this last part, verse 31? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Take no thought. It's not a focus. You know why there's so much focus on work and career? It's because we are materialistic. Just stop and think. How many things do we have? And there's always something new that we can want. Just ask Amazon. And it could be on Cabela's or it could be on Bass Pro or it could be, God help us, at, uh, at Hobby Lobby. And Mrs. Brown and I, on this last week, I went to Hobby Lobby with her Oh my goodness, what a terrible thing. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, take no thought for your life. Uh, verse 32, for after, these things, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, the Lord, the focus for the believer should not be be possessions. Not saying we can't have nice things. We're blessed. I am, I am so blessed. We have nice things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that can't be the focus. And if we're not careful, we will allow 
the work or career uh, so we can get uh, more things or possessions uh, that it would it would be uh, it, it's it's something that can control us and we've got to be very careful. I have never visited a dying person been at the side of a deathbed where they said, I wished I would have worked more. Never. But I cannot tell you how many times I have stood by someone who is going into eternity knowing that. And almost always, I wished I would have spent more time with my family. I wished I would have served my Savior. I wished I would have done more for the Lord. But never did it have to do with work. Never did it have to do with possessions. We've got to get our priorities right. Subconsciously, we can know what our priorities should be, but just because we know it doesn't mean that they're in the right place. And I personally... I have to reset. I have to push those buttons and try to get some things reset. Lastly, the last priority is hobbies. Pleasures of life. God has given us a wonderful life. And he wants us to enjoy it. John 10.10 I am come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The Lord wants us to enjoy this life He has given to us. The Christian life is not this life of, oh no, I can't do anything. It's not like He expects us to sit and read our Bible for 20 hours a day. He doesn't expect us to only do things for the church or for our job or for Him. He's given us a life and He lets us enjoy it. Enjoy it. Take some time. Enjoy it. One day our life will be over. And let's not, let's not miss all the opportunities. Now, we can enjoy the life spending time with the Savior. We can enjoy our life with our family. We can enjoy our life with our uh, church. We can enjoy life at work. We can enjoy life, but don't miss. Uh, but our priorities need to be that our hobbies are not on the top of the list. They're at the bottom of the list. What do they say for joy? Jesus, others, and you. And when we put ourselves last, that's, it's not that we don't get to enjoy but there's a lot of just joy in doing things the Lord's way. And when he's first, everything else just seems to fall into place. So let's, let's watch our priorities. Maybe the priorities are getting a little out of whack. Let's pull them back. Let's see what we need to do. Push a button. Uh, push that reset button and get things back in order. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Pray that this time has been helpful. And Lord, just uh, lead us all, guide us, help us to have the priorities in place uh, so we don't waste the life that you've given to us. Help us to spend it well. 
And so I pray that you just bless, meet needs of your people for Christ's sake. We'll have just a short time of invitation and just right there in your seat, uh, just, uh, uh, just have a talk with the Lord. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.